book of Acts is the book of the continuing Christ. What Christ began in the gospel records, he continues in the book of Acts. In the first part of Acts, chapters 1 through 7, we join the adventures of what the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles in the early church. This work was primarily focused in Jerusalem. The second section of Acts, however, advances beyond Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. In this section of our study, we see the power of the gospel on full display, changing the lives of those who hear it. Let's join Scott now as the adventure continues. Today we return to the book of Acts and we find that the adventure continues. In our first section of Acts, we saw the church of the Lord Jesus Christ advancing the gospel in Jerusalem. It always has to start at home. Some people want to get on a plane, go halfway around the world, but they won't walk across the street and speak to their neighbors. I want you to know the Great Commission has to begin right where you are. There is no place for it to stop, but there is a place for it to start. And when you come to the second section of the book of Acts, which basically is Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 9, uh, we, like a ripple effect, move from Jerusalem to Judea and then to Samaria. Now, that should sound familiar to you because you remember that in the Great Commission, Jesus said, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, that they would preach the gospel, they would preach his message in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. That is the exact progression you find geographically in the advancement of the gospel in the book of Acts. So exactly like the Lord planned. Isn't that wonderful? God's purpose being accomplished. God's method being followed. And so we pick up the story right where we left off. Now, you'll remember at the end of Acts chapter number 7 that something very significant happened. We have the story of the first martyr. Stephen is stoned to death. And there's a young man standing there watching, observing, uh, casually perhaps, and yet lending his uh, approval to it, his opinion uh, that this is the right thing. He holds the coats of those who stoned Stephen. And that young man was named Saul, later uh, to be more famously known as the Apostle Paul. I love how God can take the worst thing and do the best thing with it. It sounds like Romans 8, 28, doesn't it? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So Acts chapter 7 and verse number 58 is the first mention of Saul, the apostle Paul. Uh, You might say, well, this is the end of Stephen. But I would argue, no, this is not the end of Stephen. His spirit lived on because he went to be with Jesus. And his ministry lived on because uh, Stephen's influence continued to be felt. In fact, in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter number 11, Stephen by name is mentioned. And so, he being dead yet speaketh. His work lived on. His influence lived on. Perhaps he even accomplished more in his death than he did in his life. I'm thinking now of the Apostle Paul's words later when he prayed that Christ would be magnified in his body, whether it be by life or by death. And so we come to the beginning of Acts chapter number 8. Let's read the first few verses, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. 
As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now please don't miss Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. I must tell you that even as I read these verses, there's a lot of emotion in this passage of Scripture. You know, these are real people with real hurts, uh, with, with real difficulties, with real struggles. Uh, we're not the first to have them. In fact, uh, we who live in so much comfort and ease in our modern age, I think, have a hard time even imagining what these first followers of Christ endured. Uh, think of all the emotion wrapped up in this. There's grief in verse number 2 because they're, they're mourning, great lamentation over the loss of their brother and their co-laborer, Stephen. Uh, we do sorrow. We sorrow at the loss of those we love. Uh, we sorrow not as those who have no hope, though. And so there's grief and mourning in verse number 2. Uh, in verse number 3, there's fear, no question about it, because Saul is making havoc of the church. He's charging in houses and has the power to arrest men and women and take them to, off to jail. You remember when he has his head-on collision with Jesus a few chapters, uh, a few verses removed from this, uh, he is on his way to another town to arrest as many followers of Jesus as he possibly can. So uh, there's grief here, there's fear here, and yet there's hope here. And that's what I want you to see today. I want you to see that in the midst of the mourning and in the midst of the, the trembling, there is also this beautiful light of the gospel advancing, the adventure continuing. It's thrilling to see how God works in the middle of the messes of life. Uh, not after we get it all figured out, not after we fix the situation, not after the problems go away, but in the midst of it all, God is working. In fact, there are two things I want you to connect in your Bible and in your thinking. First, notice in this passage today, there is suffering. The Bible says there was a great persecution against the church, a great persecution. There are parts of the world today where there's great persecution going on. We hear very little about it. We know little of it. I want you to know heaven takes notice. God knows. At this moment, there are people suffering, dying for their faith in Jesus Christ, giving their life. I heard just this week of a, of a young man uh, in a, a very difficult place in the world, whose grandfather was was killed for preaching the gospel, whose father was imprisoned for two decades for preaching the gospel, and now this young man says boldly, I want to follow in their footsteps. Can you imagine? What kind of ambition is that? Oh, it is eternal vision is what that is, uh, to understand that uh, the suffering connected to Christ, the suffering connected to the gospel is a powerful thing. Uh, the old adage is that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. You will find historically that every time there is tremendous persecution, the church advances, the gospel advances. I think part of the problem in our world today is that the church, by and large, is enjoying more uh, prosperity, at least in our part of the world, than it is persecution. Prosperity leads to corruption. Persecution leads to purging. So anytime there's been persecution, the church is persecuted, yes, but internally God works to purge his church and to bring forth something glorious out of it. So there's suffering. The other word I want you to connect is the word scattering. 
Because in verse 1, it says they were all scattered. And then in verse 4, it says they that were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. We usually think of scattering as a negative thing, the, the scattering that sin brings, that division brings. This is divine scattering. This is the scattering that God uses. Uh, the Bible says God makes even the wrath of men to praise him, and the remainder he restrains. That's exactly what's going on here. God is using the suffering to bring about the scattering of the gospel. You see, it wasn't just people who were being scattered. It was his message because the Bible says everywhere they went, they preached the word. Everywhere they went, they preached Christ. Do you remember the parable of the seed and the sower and the soils that Jesus told and the scattering of the seed on the ground? I want to tell you, in Acts chapter number 8, that is exactly what's going on. The sower is just scattering his gospel seed. And everywhere the seed got scattered, fruit came. Oh, the Lord always connects the difficulties of life with his perfect purpose. He always connects the suffering with the scattering. My friend, Acts 7 is not the end of the story. It is just the beginning of all God is about to do. The adventure continues. And what was true in that day must be true in our lives today. What an encouragement to us today to remember the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel changed lives in the first century, and the gospel is still changing lives today. If you missed the first section of this study on The Adventure Continues, be sure to visit our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, where you can access this study along with many other resources to encourage you in your walk with God. However you listen to this podcast, we are grateful for each of you. We hope you will continue to listen and also share it with others. From all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team, may God bless you and help you enjoy the journey. Thank you.